This episode of the Precision Health Podcast contains mature subject matter and is not suitable for young children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health and get a glimpse into their everyday health routines. Today, we want to welcome Joanna Strober, founder and CEO at Midi Health, the virtual care clinic for women 40 plus created by specialists in perimenopause, menopause, and more. She also founded Curbo Health, which she sold to WW in 2018, had a previous career spending 20 years in private equity and venture capital focused on consumer internet investments, and is also the co-author of Getting to 5050, a book on women and leadership. Welcome, Joanna. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be here. You have a very unique career when it comes to uh, being a founder in, in health. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. What brought you to uh, founding MIDI? Um, yeah, you know, my career is definitely, I think I've had 10 careers as I tell my kids. So, um, it is definitely a lot of different paths. I, uh, I joke that I actually was the first investor in baby center in 1998 when I was, um, pregnant with my first child. And, um, and now, uh, we've moved on and she's, she's working in Washington DC and I'm starting a menopause company. So, (laughs) um, my, uh, my goal is to, you know, what I really like do, trying to do is find problems and, and think about fixing them. And midlife care for women is a big problem. It's an unserved, underserved um, market. And um, I, I realized that there was an opportunity in, in large part because of the changes to the COVID laws that you could finally really address it in a scalable manner. And that's what excited me about doing this. Menopause obviously impacts every woman. Um, at some point in their life, but you mentioned it's an underserved market. Why is it that there are so few solutions for something that impacts so many people? So, you know, I want to talk for a minute about what menopause is, right? Menopause doesn't actually mean anything, right? Menopause means that you stopped having your period for a year. That's what it means. But um, what happens in women's bodies as we age is that we have estrogen, and estrogen is a really important part of our of what keeps us healthy and thriving. And as estrogen goes down, that's when our bodies start to um, to change. And estrogen is actually what keeps our bones strong, for example. It keeps our joints from being in pain. Um, estrogen cons- contributes a lot to anxiety and depression, to, to mood swings. And then it also contributes to sleep and it contributes to a lot of other basic parts that you, that, you know, of, of, of a woman's, of a woman's body. And Oh, by the way, our hair and our face, like our face looks old because estrogen is going down. Our hair falls out. Like those are all related to estrogen. And so what is happening as we, as we age is estrogen goes down and all these things get worse. And so that's women's health. Like perimenopause and menopause basically just means women's health in this age category. So why is it underserved? The reality is that um, most doctors... Uh, who go into OBGYN are interested in delivering babies, right? And also much more of the money is available in fertility and in delivering babies. And so um, this is kind of primary care. It's kind of female care. And um, it requires multidisciplinary expertise. So what we found is a lot of women poly shop. They stop sleeping, so they go to a sleep specialist. Or they go to a dermatologist because their hair is falling out. Or they're having anxiety, so they get depression treatment or they get, you know, meds. But it's all one thing. And so what we 
that but our health system is not set up for that all one thing. So that's really what it is about. And so um, for us, what we did was we set out to train providers who knew all those things and basically were women's health experts. And so now if you come to us, we can take care of all those things in one place instead of having to go to all those different providers. Um, and I just want to add, there are amazing doctors who have been doing this for many years. The issue is that most of them were not covered by insurance. So um, what we care about deeply is really giving access to lots more women, which meant that, um, you know, training people, but also then getting in-network insurance contracts so you could give them care covered by insurance. So it sounds like you're creating this much more convenient, efficient solution for people that are experiencing um, this type of need. And when it when you kind of think about menopause, oftentimes I'm a little bit younger. I think about that happening later in life. Um, but really, when you think about perimenopause, that can start to happen earlier. What are some of the symptoms that people start to feel and, and what age do those symptoms start to come up? So for me, it was around 45. I stopped sleeping. Um, I just literally was waking up every single night at four o'clock in the morning and not go back to sleep. And honestly, it took two years before I got the appropriate care for that. And as soon as I went on hormone replacement therapy, I started sleeping through the night. So but in the meantime, I went on anti-anxiety meds. I went on sleeping pills. They were all short-term fixes, but really it was a hormone depletion issue. For other women, as I mentioned earlier, it's joint pain. That starts to happen. For other women, it's anxiety, memory loss. Those all start to happen really in your early to mid-40s. And so addressing them early can make a big difference. It definitely sounds like kind of making sure that people understand what could be happening, but then also getting them... Um, to you, to to a solution like MIDI, how do you kind of educate the consumer about this and educate that you exist in the world? Well, so we spend a lot of time uh, having our experts give things like webinars and uh, doing a lot of Instagram question and answers. I'll, we did one, we went to a company and we offered this to their employees and we had 2,500 employees show up for a webinar and we walked away with 200 questions all along the side. So then we, you know, we write up answers. So a lot of this is about education. It really is educating women what is happening to their body and how we can help them to feel better. And for people that are experiencing these kind of symptoms or say, hey, like, this is really resonating with me. What is the process with MIDI look like? Once they find you, sign up with you, what does that protocol look like for them? So you go through a long questionnaire where we ask you a bunch of questions and we're asking you questions about your sexual health. We're asking questions about sleep and anxiety and brain fog and all that other stuff to try to get to know you pretty well. The the provider then meets with you. We try to take only, we can only do one or two symptoms at a time. It's actually an issue. Everyone wants to come in and talk about everything. We're like, in 30 minutes, we can't do everything. Let's start with one issue or two. What are your top two complaints? And you'll come back. And we'll talk about the second or third after that. And it usually takes three to four visits before someone gets all of their um, concerns addressed. And also there's a lot of titrating. It's not like we just give you a med and say you're done. We might have to try one and then we try another one and we try another one. It's very much an iterative process until you feel better. And that's really what we're about is iterating with you until we've fixed those symptoms. And then, you know, sometimes different ones come back and then we'll start over with different, with different solutions. Um, we also, importantly, we offer both naturopathic solutions and um, medical solutions. Some women want hormones, other women don't want hormones. And we think it's really important that we take a holistic approach and enable you to, to do either one. So it's all like you can do kind of supplements or other therapies more on the integrative, integrative or naturopathic way. 
or you can go jump straight into hormones. Are most women starting with hormone therapy? Are they starting with the more natural approach? Where where are people typically starting? So women are, I call them hormone curious. A lot of women come to us wondering if hormones are appropriate for them or if they should take them. I would say in the end, about 70% of the women are on hormones and the other 30% have other solutions. Honestly, probably 90% should be on them. So there is 10% of the population that should absolutely not be on them. And we're very careful with those people to prescribe the right either medications or supplements. But um, most research would show that hormones are beneficial and, you know, probably 80 to 90 percent of women should go on them. But if they don't want to, that's great. There's lots of other things you can try. Definitely. What are um, what are some of the reasons that people shouldn't go on hormones? You mentioned that 10 percent of the population. Yeah. So if you have breast cancer, for example, um, and that's one of the reasons why we make sure that people get mammograms every year. If you have breast cancer, you can't, you cannot take hormones. Importantly, if you have a family history of breast cancer, you absolutely can take hormones. That is not a reason not to take them. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's only if you actually have breast cancer. But there's also people who have blood clotting issues. And if you've had blood clotting issues during your pregnancy, they might not be appropriate for you. And there are a few other people who are not, not appropriate. And so we train all of our doctors to understand, all of our practitioners to understand when, when it's appropriate, when it's not, and make sure that people get the right care. It sounds like you're really taking a personalized approach to this and kind of understanding uniquely not just what people need, but also what they want and, and meeting them where they are, which I really think looks like the future of care. Um, and it's really where, where people are. You mentioned a lot about kind of training these doctors. There's definitely specialists that have done a lot of work here. Um, but then there's doctors that are newer to this. What goes into that training? What is the research you guys are looking at? Um, and how do you keep the doctors that you're you're using and working with um, up to date on, on all that is going on in, in women's health? Yeah, so we have created MIDI University. We're very proud of MIDI University. It is a extensive training course that integrates all the different protocols that we have. So weight protocols, hair and lot skin protocols, hormone protocols, the whole thing is integrated into our into our training program. That took about a year to create all those protocols and then to create the training systems. And then we have weekly updates with all of our nurse practitioners where we review any new research that's come out and go over new protocol development. Um, you know, recently we've had two on weight loss and the new weight loss medications and educating them on that and when they're appropriate for women in menopause. Um, we are... The truth is, wait, 70% of women are overweight or obese. And so you can't really take care of a woman's health without looking at weight as being one of the components. And so we're training all of our nurse practitioners on that. But essentially, we train them on all of the, the things that are really core to women's health. Our, um, our chief medical, our chief clinical officer, Dr. Mindy Goldman, is the world's expert at uh, cancer and menopause symptoms. And you might not know that if you have cancer treatment, you go into early menopause and often terrible, terrible symptoms come. And so she spent her whole career starting a survivorship clinic and, and treating these types of women. And women actually fly to see her from all over the world in order to get this care from her. It's pretty amazing. But what she says is that she is a much better provider now that she's at MIDI because when she was at only seeing patients in her old practice, if someone came to her and they had menopause symptoms, she took care of them. But if they said, you know, I'm also really worried about my hair falling out, or I'm also really worried about my weight, she would send them to a weight specialist and she would send them to a dermatologist. And now with our protocols, she could do everything in one visit. 
um, or, you know, and not have to send you to a lot of other patients. So the key really is this training program that we, we, we give you a we give the NPs a test, we see what they know, what they don't know, and then we train them on the different areas of medicine that they don't know. And how do you guys approach mental health? Uh, is that a piece of the protocols? Um, you mentioned anxiety, depression, that's something that comes along with changes in estrogen. Um, but do you have kind of that type of practice as part of your solution? So we prescribe, we recommend, um, therapists when appropriate and, and clearly, you know, un unfortunately women in this age category are actually very high purveyors of therapy. There's a lot of therapy needs, but what we have found is that if we put them on hormones, often the anxiety goes away. And some, so that is one of the things that we can do. And then we also have found that, um, you know, there are meds, medicines that we can prescribe that are appropriate. So we are the physical, we have a physical part. So we, we prescribe things that are, that are good, but we don't, we don't do therapy. We, we prescribe out for therapy. Although I will tell you, uh, just two things. First of all, sexual health. If you were unable to have sex with your husband for the past few years, because pain is such, so bad. And when you are having sex, um, we can help with that. You wouldn't believe how far that goes for mental health. And so we actually have a number of marriage therapists, for example, who refer their patients to us because, you know, the anxiety from not able, being able to have sex, the anxiety from the pain in your relationship is actually really significant. And so by helping someone to be able to have sex enjoyably again, we can make their life much better. And that actually also will take away anxiety, for example. Or I mean, another example is brain fog. I mean, you get pretty scared if you start forgetting things. You start thinking you have Alzheimer's. You start getting depressed about that. Again, that's tied to anxiety and depression, but if we can cure the brain fog, then we can make those other things go away. So it really is all tied together. Are you tired of guesswork when it comes to your health? Look no further. Routine is here to simplify your wellness journey and help you unlock your best health. With Routine's convenient at-home lab tests and customized nutrient solutions, you can fast track your health goals and understand your body like never before. No more one-size-fits-all approaches. Routine tailors science-backed plans and custom nutrient solutions to your unique needs, providing personalized nutrients, insights, and guidance. From smart multivitamins based on your lab test results to targeted supplements and personalized improvement plans for stress management, Routine has you covered. Experienced unmatched results that you can track and feel, allowing you to achieve your full health potential with Routine. Visit routine.co to start your personalized path to ultimate well-being. Say goodbye to the hassle of generic solutions and take control of your health today. Yep. And both of those problems that you mentioned, the pain of having sex, the brain fog is tied to the four bonds in most that's people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's right. What are some of the more surprising things that you've seen in terms of, of the benefits where it sounds like members come to you maybe not knowing everything that's going on in their body, not knowing all the symptoms being... Um, linked together and you guys can help them figure out what to do, where to go, and, and what life could look like. What what are some of those stories um, that you've seen that are really impactful? Um, well, so yesterday, I think we got one of our favorite stories of all time, which is a woman, one of our NPs posted and she said, okay, today was the best day ever. I logged on to my, um, to my screen and the patient was dancing around the room with a dildo and saying, I had sex and it was great. I had sex and it was great. And she was just like jumping up and down and so excited. And this woman hadn't had sex in two years. It had been too painful. 
and through working with her, she was feeling better. So that's just a fun one because it's really sad, first of all, that she waited two years, but how great that we could finally take care of her. Most of the people are talking more about, I'm sleeping through the night, my brain fog is getting better, I'm performing better at work. You hear often that people were thinking about leaving their jobs because they were scared of not being able to perform. And so it's really rewarding to be able to help those women because what pretty quickly they start sleeping and they start feeling better and then they realize that they're performing better. Um, and so that's, that's very rewarding to me. Uh, so, and then, you know, there was a few that I could read to you were like, oh my God, like I'm not wanting to punch my husband all the time. Like, <laughs> I irritability, like mood concerns. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then sometimes I post these things on, and then on LinkedIn, men come and they say, um, how can you help my wife? Uh, so one thing we're really trying to do is make this a topic for men too. Uh, that it doesn't have to be only for women, right? Like, what, what? let's talk to men about things that we can do to help their wives so they can have these conversations and it doesn't have to be hostile. It can be a more friendly at-home environment. That sounds like destigmatizing the conversation as well, especially when you bring men into it and you just have the conversation with women and, and make it more of an education thing where this is happening, but it doesn't have to, and, and here are some solutions um, as to how to fix it. Yeah. As you think about your own health um, and... I, I know you told me a little bit about your story with MIDI, but um, what do you do kind of on the MIDI side? Like, what do your protocols look like if you're comfortable sharing? And, and yeah. what else is um, really your go-to for, for your health and wellness? Okay. So I am on the patch. I'm on the estrogen patch, and then I take progesterone at night. Um, that has changed my life. I mean, it really is the best thing that I have been able to do for myself. Um, we have a cortisol manager that I take that actually I find is good for stress. And I take it at night, and it's a combination of L-theanine and ashwagandha, and that is that's done very good things for my um, for my uh, for my for my anxiety and my stress, and just kind of managing your cortisol. I do have one secret, which is putting um, some an estriol skin on my uh, excuse me face cream on. Um, if you think about what happens to women vaginas as estrogen goes down. The wall of the vagina gets thinner, and um, that's one of the reasons why women why sex becomes more painful. So um, there's a really good research on estriol, not estrogen, but estriol, that shows that you can put that on your face in a very low um, dosage, and it kind of does the same thing for your face as it does for your vagina. It makes the skin thicker and takes away wrinkles. So that is something that I that I'm that I'm using along with the progesterone. So I'm you know that's it's something very safe to do. And what else? I like to exercise. I mean, I spend a lot of time walking. I do as many walking meetings as I can. I wake up in the morning and walk and try to walk as many times a day as I can. So for me, that's the most valuable in terms of managing stress. And exercise is obviously really good for you. I, I don't lift enough weights. I should be lifting weights. I know that I should be lifting weights. And I, I'm not doing that, which is a, a problem. But maybe eventually I'll start. What do you think is the, the biggest blocker from the, the resistance training? Because it sounds like you know that it's helpful, um, but there's the blocker to actually getting there. Uh, it's just boring. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, um, well, I found, uh, I've had a lot of different people on this podcast and they all kind of have different approaches to exercise. Um, and I think a lot of people love walking. Um, that's really helpful, especially walking in nature uh, as it relates to stress, as it relates to just overall performance, mental, physical. 
Uh, some people love weight training, some people don't. Um, but there's different types where some people are like die hard. I'm going to go to the gym and lift really heavy weights all the time to um, like actual resistance bands uh, to Pilates and, and to those kind of things. Um, even to body weight um, resistance training uh, has been shown to be beneficial as well. And so there's a lot of different options um, as you explore that. Um, even if it's I did minutes, recently I buy some weights to wear while I was walking. Um, I love so I'm that. thinking, you know, that'll help the, yeah, if I can combine the walking a, and the weights. That's a good, good place. Uh, do you use any um, specific tools or are you a wearables person where you're tracking any of your health metrics um, outside of maybe hormone levels? You know, I'm not a wearables person. I, I really just respond to my symptoms more than anything else and just try to respond to my body and what I'm feeling. I don't, I don't actually use any, don't use any, any, any wearables at all. And are you someone who has um, a morning routine, an evening routine um, that helps you stay kind of sane as a founder or sane in your earlier careers or 10 careers past, um, having also come for finance, though less time than you? Uh, there's also some stressors involved in that, uh, that morning and evening routines can help with as well. Yeah. For, so for me, a lot of it is walking. Honestly, I think I'm not so creative. I walk and then I watch TV. I love watching TV. <laughs> good TV shows uh, are very good for my mental health, to be honest with you. And uh, and then, um, you know, hanging out with friends. A lot of the things for me, it's about hanging out with friends, talking to my children. Those are all very helpful to me. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that relationships and kind of having that social connection is a core piece of um, aging well, uh, yeah. whether regardless of what age you're at. But it's, it's also as you think about older, um, getting older over time, um, making sure you have those social connections is, is really important also. I think it's key. I think you're exactly right. I feel like that's really important. And as you think about kind of what's next for Midi, is there anything that you're really excited about kind of expanding into or categories that you're looking at adding or anything that you want to say, hey, we're doing a great job now, but we want to do all of these other things too? You know, I think a lot of it is helping people to understand how interconnected all this is. So when you look at women who are older and they're hunched over and they are not able to stand up straight, right, that is actually because of estrogen. That's one of the reasons why you see more hunched over women than men is that estrogen going down directly leads to bone health, right? So bone health is so important. So getting people to be aware of bone health issues so that they are well, lifting weights, which I'm not doing, but I should be, or um, taking estrogen or doing other things for their bones. I, I think that getting that awareness of just what are the big things that we need to be doing in order to age healthy is is really important to me and and i'm you know i spend a lot of time just telling my friends like got to take care of yourself now because now is the time don't wait till you're 70 or 80 like we should be doing it now so i'm very excited about doing more with bones um i am excited about doing more research on the interconnection between weight and menopause i mean honestly um, one thing that happens in menopause is that women, their stomachs start getting um, bigger and the, their weight gets reoriented. It actually turns that is related to estrogen. We start to age differently. And so if you don't want to take estrogen, what are other things that we can do for women who are gaining weight? They're not trying to have GLP-1s. That's not what they're, they're needing, but their bodies are changing. And how can we give them the tools to manage that? I think that's something else that's important. So we're just doing as much research as we can in women's health. And, you know, what, what can we do to help women age in a way that they feel good about? 
And what are some of those other suggestions that you know now for, for people that don't want to take hormones, they want to maybe start somewhere somewhere else? Is there any kind of advice that you would give to them or, or things to, to start with um, if you're saying, hey, I, I don't really want to be on the hormone track, but I want to start to alleviate some of my symptoms? So absolutely. So for example, black cohosh has actually been proven for, um, for hot flashes. So if you don't want to take hormones, black cohosh is absolutely something that does work. Um, there's something called gabapentin, which is a medication that's not a hormone that actually works quite well for sleep. And if you are waking up in the middle of the night with hot flashes, that's something that you can take. There's also some new drugs out there um, that are new, that are particularly proven for, for, for hot flashes and for other symptoms like that. So we are prescribing those, those medications for people who don't want to take hormones. And... Um, then there are other there are other naturopathic solutions. So magnesium for sleep is a good one. Magnesium absolutely is helpful for sleep. Or the one I was talking to you about earlier, the L-theanine and ashwagandha, that actually works quite well for sleep as well. So there there are a variety of things that we can give people that can help them. It's great to hear that there's so many different options um, for all of these various symptoms. Uh, and as you look kind of broader out, you're you've been an investor, you founded now two companies. What are some of the things within the kind of overall health space or overall consumer health space that you're really excited about? What do you expect to see um, and develop over the next few years? So certainly I've been reading all the longevity articles, and I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff that Professor Huberman is doing or that Peter Atia is doing on, on um, longevity that I think will be very valuable over time. Uh, Historically, a lot of longevity has actually been around more men are interested in it than women. And so one thing I would really like to do is actually get more women interested in it, not just not just men. Uh, and then also, I don't think it needs to be so as high tech as people are making it out to be. I don't think you need all the there's nothing wrong with all the devices, but there's a certain category of people who want to do all that. And that's great. But I would like it to be more available to everyone. Um, and, and so trying to think about what things we can do that are more, um, you know, simple to use, not expensive devices, just easy to, to, to follow and, and help people to feel better. I couldn't agree more on, on all of what you just said, <laughs> the, the longevity piece. And I, I even think it's the word, um, where you hear a lot of men, um, talking about it, but you don't hear women talking about longevity, but women want to feel great and live great lives for just as long as men do. Uh, it's the vocabulary that feels a little bit abrasive. It feels a little bit unattainable. One thing that I've uh, started to look at is is kind of how do you talk about health span? Uh, is that more approachable? Is it is it talking even just saying, what can you do now so that you're able to play with your grandkids more later? Yeah. Um, and just making it a little bit more approachable? Because I agree, like the devices are great. It's very helpful to understand what's going on in your body. But how can you make that concept of let's check in with myself, let's create a personalized approach to the symptoms that I'm having and do it in a way that's accessible to more people versus the people who are just versed in the biohacking longevity world uh, and take those lessons, which are great, amazing, tons of research, but make it more approachable to, to women, to even just more people who maybe don't have the time, maybe they're too busy, maybe they're doing all these other things, they're a parent, they're working, um, but they care about their health. They just don't know where to start. And I just love how you said that because honestly, I, I, I don't like the word anti-aging either. Like it's about aging as healthy as you can 
exactly for what you just said so you can play with your grandkids, right? Like that is, you know, like when we are thinking about weight loss, for example, we are not thinking about weight loss to be skinny. We're just thinking about weight loss so you can be healthy and you can go to the playground. So I think the way you're describing it is is how we like to think about it. Just enabling people to live the healthiest the healthiest life. Not it's not you know it's not looking it's about looks per se. It's not about weight per se. It's just about feeling good and 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 you know energetic and having being able to live the life you want to live. Yeah, and do the things and the activities that you that you really want to do. And I think education plays a big role in this. So I think you're even the mid university where you're educating more providers who can then in turn educate more people. It plays a big role in this because the the education gap of people understanding what do I actually need to do now so that I can get to that goal is is still so far uh, in there's so much work to be done on on that side. Right, I think that's right. On the on that topic of of the data piece, what role do you think technology is going to play as we think about the future of health? Of course, MIDI is a virtual care clinic. There's technology that's involved there. And then as we go forward, there's all this new kind of tech coming out. Where do you think that plays a role in achieving that health span and achieving that longevity approach that, that we're talking about? Well, one thing I'm pretty sure of is that people don't have to go to the doctor very often. <laughs> pretty much everything can be done at home. Uh, I mean, they're even going to have at-home pap spans. Like they're going to like you're just you're going to go to the doctor when you're sick and when or you're going to go to the hospital when you're sick. But for everything else, we'll be able to take care of you at home, which is great. Right. I mean, you already have blood pressure cuffs. You already have all the things that you need. So, you know, I'm super bullish on virtual care and using that as much as we can going forward to enable people to get care at home. Yeah, um, healthy prevention at home. Right. Healthy aging at home. Everything that can be more convenient. It's also more cost effective for the individual right. and for the system. Yeah, that's right. So I think that's the case. Uh, and then actually having aging parents, I am very bullish on devices to help aging at people as they're aging. So. Um, all of those monitors, whether people my age need the monitors or not is, I guess, an open discussion. But I can't imagine anything better than having your parents have an Apple Watch so that they can be monitored. And if they fall or if their heart rate state changes or anything else, that they can get care. So I think, like, the, to me, the best use of all those devices is for taking people, care of people as they age. That's very interesting. It's not a, it's not a thought or kind of a point of view I've heard, but it makes sense. Um, as I think about kind of the aging people in my life, making sure that those monitors, the it's the next generation of the the life alert bracelets right. um, that can actually do more in, in monitoring what's going on with biometrics, what's going on, what's going on with walking, what's going on with gait, um, to help actually understand where the issues are before they happen, which I think is a really interesting and very effective use of technology, both from a quality of life, but also from a system right. cost perspective. Uh, which really matters as well. Yeah. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for joining us yeah. uh, today on the podcast. Uh, really excited to, to have you. And this was a great conversation. Last question is just where can people find out more about MIDI and, and more about you? Ah, join MIDI, excuse me, join MIDI.com. We are in 13 states right now, but we'll be in 50 states, hopefully mid next year. We're expanding as fast as we can. And um, we have providers available in, in 13 states right now. So that's where they can, that's where they can, that's where they can find us. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. And thank you to uh, all of the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Precision Health Pod. Thank you. This is really fun.
Madden and Mitchell Media.